Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Red Carpet to Trailer Trash. I am Ian Collins, and joining me as always is Mr. Connor Rock. Connor, how are you do- today? I'm doing good. I'm. I think I may have said that last week. I was doing good then too, but I'm also ready to keep talking about some movies. And we got, well, we got some good ones. You gotta love that. We got a good you one. Gotta love that. Yeah, we. There's that's. Here's a here's a spoiler for everyone. The only movie coming out this weekend that's of any real note is The Joker. And there's going to be quite a bit to say about it. But before we start getting into that, let's talk about some uh one of the movies that we uh had previewed last week. And that would be as anyone who's listening may have guessed uh, because we were very down on Judy, I decided to go see Abominable. Good old Magic so, Yeti. And is uh-huh. that pretty much it? Uh, well, for the most part, if, just, if, if I were to tell you that this is a rather heavy, cliche children's movie, what would you say that you thought the basic plot of this would be? Wait, so does, does that mean we were wrong last week? I mean, I thought the basic plot was like... Yeti is in New York, breaks out, or not New York, I don't know where it is, some big city, breaks out of lab and wants to go home. And then I guess on the way, like, the girl would discover that she has talent because she plays the violin. Uh, mm, that's the basic of it, but just, uh, it, you it's want, got some... Do you want more like, detailed? The, the, I mean, it's... It's pretty. It's pretty cut and paste about a lot of the stuff. Like the uh, the main character has a dead parent that she's trying to cope with. Uh, the there's uh, some small kid there for comic relief. There's the uh, the other person that's joining the trip that doesn't particularly want to be there. There's the evil billionaire chasing after them. To try and get back his property, like it's it's all very. Yeah, so it's like I think I said this last time, but it's like up. It's it's got the up formula. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, pretty much the the rich guy trying to catch the rare creature. Um, so a couple people stumble upon it. Yeah, pretty much all all that way, except that the uh, the creature is indeed magical. Uh, as one would expect. With I'm not sure if you watched up the same way I did, but that bird was magical. What was his name? Kevin. Yes, I, it was. That's honestly that's some of my favorite animation. I still laugh at it to this day. Just how they like gave that bird expressions and nonsense. I don't know. It's just a good like goofy bird. And then mm-hmm. Moana came out and they tried to do the same thing with a chicken and they just they could not replicate. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Hmm? Oh yeah, no that. Uh, it was, it was better. It was still, like, a solid kids movie. Yeah, it didn't look, like, it didn't it look terrible. I mean... I mean, it was entertaining. It was fun. It was enjoyable to watch. The, uh, the Yeti character, his name, he was named Everest after, like, just because of the sign that said Everest, and that's how they figured out where to take, uh, the Yeti. Is because of the sign, and they're like, "Fuck it, let's just name him Everest." Everest, Everest, Pennsylvania. 
Yeah. <laughs> that silence was so long, I thought you left. <laughs> Honestly, I should have. Uh, uh, uh. Um, but the... It's, like, there's some very, like, obvious foreshadowing that takes place early on. Um, talking about how, like, the the chick that's the main character want, is saving up money to go on this trip around China. They're in China, by the way. Okay. And so, and so, I thought they were in, like, Tokyo, and they had to cross over into Asia into like mainland Asia to get to the Himalayas. I was mistook. The uh, they are actually in some city they don't specify, uh, but it's in China. And the it's it's another example where they try and like s- swerve you with who the bad guy is and like catch you off guard with something like that. But it's not really super interesting. Is it not but the like, like penguin esque billionaire man who was like, I want I mean, my yeti back? Is, it kind of is, uh, but it's another one of those where like the underling is more involved with it. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, that's sort of, that's a spoiler, but also, if it's a fucking kid's movie, I I think that we can, uh, we can survive not knowing that this is, uh, this is not, this isn't Citizen Kane I'm ruining for people. I'm, I, di- I didn't just give the ending away to the sixth sense. I think that uh, we'll all survive from it. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably be fair to say that you can predict the ending. I mean, maybe not like the minor, whatever twists and turns you want to want to have throughout it, but like they get the yeti home and everything's happy. Yeah, the uh, I will the we did get one prediction wrong that the uh, the girl does not actually have magical abilities. Uh, the reason that she can do magic in the trailer is because the yeti fur apparently uh conducts uh sound waves or music or something and turns that and it conducts it into sort of like changing nature in a way sort of like it controls nature and so uh she ends up whenever she plays the violin it catches with the uh yeti fur and so that's what causes it. It's not actually her personally. So the Yeti itself is magic. And then yes. a Yeti fur converts sound waves to magic. Yes. Like the way that the Yeti uses magic is by doing this very low sort of humming type Oh, of okay. Thing. So it's all it's it's pretty much all the fur. So the Yeti just yes. like yells and its fur does the rest. Yes. Like, or you know, low humming. I did hear what you said there, but I thought the other way was funnier. But uh, yeah, okay. So Yeti fur is well. I mean, that makes sense. I, I would love to. I would love to see the the Tarzan yell. <laughs> see what that does with the Yeti fur. Yeah, does he ever get mad and like Yeti scream throughout the movie? Uh, kind of. But it seems like it's more of like he focuses the mm. he he understands how it works and so he just sort of does it's a little odd just saying instead of him like screaming and yelling where he does more of like a a low hum to be able to get the uh 
get the stuff to work because you would expect him to be a little more uh, feral in his response, but... It's a pretty chill Yeti. I... Wow. I mean, the, no, no, pun, no pun intended there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are just on a roll right now. I mean, you, so you're telling me he's a cool guy. Now, now you're uh, trying to. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel good about that one. The, let's 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 just take a step back before we turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> Batman and Robin. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Edge. <laughs> Oh, that it was ice meeting you. <laughs> that uh, honestly, Christopher Nolan be damned. That might be the best Batman movie, just for those puns. You're definitely one of those people that would be that takes the opinion of that some movies are so bad they're good. Yeah, but they have to be like. We've had this kind of discussion before. I'm not a fan of like the Sharknado series or like the intentionally bad to be good. They need to have like the right amount of like 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 the the room. Like they they try to have people on there that th- yeah, you want to have people on there that are tr- that think that this is their way into Hollywood. It's like their first or second role and they're taking it super seriously. Like I, uh, I listened to an interview with the guy who wrote "One Missed Call," the American version, and he had written it sort of like as uh, a lighthearted, like more of a comedic style. And the director was like the super serious French guy, French director that was trying to make it completely serious and like it wasn't supposed to be funny at all. It was supposed to be dead on, like just terrifying. And so that's how he was instructing all the actors to read it. And so after one of the scenes, the writer had walked up to this girl who had just like delivered what was supposed to be like a joke, like an amusing pun or something. And, and, and told her like, and told her that it was supposed to be a joke. And she's like, wow, that's so much better. (laughs) And what was called? That was the one where like you get a phone call and then it's you hear how you're gonna die. It was like some kind of final destination type bullshit. Yep. Oh, there's something similar to that now. It's called Countdown. That's coming out soon. Ugh. Uh, about about an app that if you download it and agree to the terms of service, it tells you how long you have to live. And uh, for most people, it ends up being like forty years or some shit like that. But for some people, it's like two days, and it's like. What the fuck is this thing? <laughs> and then it's it goes like full Final Destination on their ass. There was this one. I uh, it was, I think it's like some type of creepy pasta. We're way off the rails here, but I'm going down this rabbit hole. Um, That's fine. it. Was like a short. I think it was like a three part short story. Um, and it was something similar to that. Like you text this number and you started playing what was like the game, and the way that you like. Essentially, like once you started playing, you were like something was coming to kill you, but you didn't know that when you started. I might be getting this wrong, so if by chance the author of this story listens to this and I'm butchering it, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just lost the game, by the way. Ah, uh, not that game. That's not what I meant. <laughs> but anyway, you started playing something like akin to the game, and like then something's coming to kill you, and the only way that you can buy yourself more time is if you get other people to sign up, like you send like them the text that they they then send. I don't know how it's tracked. It's it's a creepypasta story. It doesn't have to all add up. 
But then it's chain mail essentially. Yeah. So, but then like each time that you get someone else to to add, it it cuts in half, or there's a there's it it buys you less time than the previous one. So then, like the other way that you can prevent this is to get, um, I forget what they called it. It's like some type of item, and the item causes you like pain daily, but it keeps you alive. So I'm gonna spoil it because. <laughs> If you can dig this up, good for you. Go read it. I don't know what it's called. Um, but there's this kid who is like a real dickhole, like literally like Nazi sympathizer um, who wore this like, I don't know, it was like this thing like I guess monks wore where they like wrapped it around their leg and like pulled it real tight and had like spikes that like cut into their leg to like oh. remind them of like pain or whatever. And... Mm-hmm. So anyway, like that kid was like a character, just a real dickhole throughout the whole story. And then at the end, it turns out that that wasn't even his crutch or, you know, the item that he needed to wear. That was a decoy. And the real stuff was like all the Nazi gear that he wore to school every day. And that was like a solid twist ending. I probably I didn't describe it nearly as well. But uh, next week, I'll, I'll look up this I'll, and I'll, I'll plug that story next week. <laughs> I'm now I'm now riveted. I want to know how this story goes, but the uh, the idea that Nazi paraphernalia keeps you alive is very uh, counter to how it worked out for Hitler. Well, yeah, I mean, but essentially, I mean, this was set you know in twenty whatever teens, so like he became a social outcast. Like everybody hated him, thought he was this like racist asshole, and in reality, he had to wear it. So like he just totally adopted the identity to cover. Because you could, like, steal other people's pain items. That was part of the story as well. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'll find it, and I'll tell you about it next week. Um, and <laughs> just uh, reading it's reading it's a lot better. It's not a long read. Well, most creepypastas aren't that super scary. Yeah. Or aren't that super Yeah, uh, some of them are real there's damn creepy. Some, yeah. There are some absolutely just piss-your-pants terrifying creepypastas. Yeah, I used to listen to them a lot at work when I was, like, just doing, like, assembly stuff or, like, uh, you know, like, trying to brain-dead task. I'd listen to a lot of short, scary stories. There was one, uh, this is really off the rails, but there was one I read about this, I'm not sure if it, yeah, it was one of those where, like, this guy was just, like, walking down the street one night and they saw someone wearing, like, a formal, like, tuxedo-type outfit with like a bowler cap just sort of doing a waltz or some sort of formal ballroom dance with this like ear to ear grin by himself just doing the waltz down the uh down the sidewalk coming towards him and then all of a sudden just broke out into a sprint like oh <laughs> right at the guy and then stopped directly in front of him and then just started doing the dance, just started ballroom dancing backwards again. Never taking the smile off his face. Just some absolutely terrifying shit. Was that, was that, you know, well, first of all, yeah, that's a shit your pants moment if there's, if I've ever heard of one. But was that purportedly like a true story? Or is that just a concept? I don't remember. I, I know it was like on a sort of creepypasta, because aren't most creepypastas supposedly true stories, or at least a bunch of them are? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the ones I got into are, like, I dabbled... Yeah, I, well, the ones I got into, a lot of them, like, you could tell the difference between, like, what was supposed to be true and then what was clearly, like, just horror fiction. 
Oh yeah, that makes sense. I can I can believe that. Yeah, so I I don't I I didn't know there was to to my knowledge there wasn't any like connotation or association with creepy pastas and being real, but also I guess like a lot of stuff that came from them like Slenderman and like the what's the name like Jack the Killer or like Smiling Jack or whatever supposedly those Oh, are... Smiling Jack, that thing is terrifying. Uh that picture is like the epitome of creepy pasta and being scary. Um, on the note of like scary, just weird, scary shit that people experience and bringing it back to movies. Have you seen that there's that movie wrinkles, the clown that's coming out soon? No. (laughs) What is wrinkles? The clown. It's, it is a documentary about an actual person who dresses, who like has been a, who was a just sort of party clown and was dressing up and doing it and wasn't very successful. And then he started advertising when some something about like clowns being creepy. It may have happened back when uh, back in 2016 when there was all those random clown sightings everywhere. It, it's something like that. I don't really remember when it supposedly happened, but he ended up posting that he would scare your friends for you and like st- or stalk people to ter- to scare the shit out of them. And like there's di- and it includes actual like live footage that people took seeing him actually outside of their homes, just kind of weirdly stalking them. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah, and there was another. There was one video. It was like a security video or like a nanny cam video, sort of like um, Paranormal Activity, where he's like underneath the person's bed whenever they go to sleep and like pulls himself out. What the it's like a fuck? trundle bed. Bed. Oh yeah, no. Like it's. Um, I think Kate was actually the one that sent. I either she sent it to me or I sent it to her. Uh, on Instagram, the like full two and a half minute uh, trailer to it, and it is scarier than just just the trailer is scarier than most horror movies I've watched. It's just a terrifying premise. Thinking of one like there's this clown that's being paid to stalk me, and two like what kind of asshole friends do you have that you like? I get I get it's like a funny prank, but like there's there's a difference between like letting him into someone else's house. Or being like, yeah, I have a spare key. Like, go hide under their bed. It'll be spooky as shit. Or did he just do that of his like his his own accord? Did he? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Right, well, <laughs> I, I I'm gonna have to go uh, wrestle that trailer from Kate. But we're we should talk about that someday. <laughs> I already do to my therapist. It's fine. <laughs> um. Also, so uh, we then, uh, we really got off the rails. Yeah, we started talking about abominable. <laughs> but so what, what, we ended what on we ended say? on deranged clowns, and that's a pretty damn good segue, <laughs> if any. I think so. That was all planned. Uh, <laughs> good for us. Yep. Uh, so, speaking of deranged clowns, let's move on to our preview for this week and that's looking forward to this weekend's movie it's uh got quite a bit of oscar hype the joker yeah so it doesn't have a lot of oscar because i've seen everywhere on the spectrum for reviews of this movie either it was it's phenomenal it's you know like a great uh not a case study person study i don't know what the film we don't i don't know anything about film 
a good like look at the human condition, uh, look at mm-hmm. like mental health stuff like that. And I've heard like, oh, this movie blows. So well, I've heard for like months that people are saying that this could this will probably get. I think his name is Todd Phillips. Yeah, the guy who did Road Trip. Uh, he fun fact: his first movie was twenty two years ago, and it was Road Trip. And that guy very well could end up winning an Oscar for making Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Because there's been hype that he will be nominated for Best Director, Joaquin Phoenix will be nominated for Best Actor, and this movie will be nominated for Best Picture. I don't think there's any hype that they'll actually win, but I think that there's a lot of belief that they're... It'll at least make a nomination. That makes sense. I mean, I, I do think... I think it looks good. So when this was first announced, I mean, it was a, I don't know, like a few years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be like a standalone Joker origin story. I was, I mean, I was like, ugh, I don't, I don't know how it's going to be because one, like, that's kind of the ambiguity of the Joker in the comics. His origin is kind of like part of what makes him so appealing to fans. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, tackling it on screen with, like... Joaquin Phoenix is still a pretty big name. So, like, a, a pretty... And, I mean, Robert De Niro's in it, too. So, like, uh, not, not like a star-studded cast, but, like, a, a very respectable cast, to say the least. Yeah. I thought they were going to run into some problems there. Um, and then I learned a little more about it, watched the trailers, and I gotta say, I, I have a few problems with it. Uh, just conceptually or but I, I i do think that it's it's gonna be good I, it looks good yeah the uh i'm i'm in the same boat as you that i thought once they first announced it i was like why are you even doing this it makes no sense it's probably gonna be terrible yeah like i don't care how good of an actor joaquin phoenix is like i there's no reason for this movie to even exist it's the third joker in the last decade right to play the role but then as it's as like the they've come out with the new trailers it looks so much it just looks super interesting seeing the sort of mental breakdown that take that is clearly going to take place that will lead to him like becoming the joker and then the idea that he's going to be featured on a talk show at some point as the joker is just an interesting concept that I'm I'm just sort of interested to see how it works because as a standalone like there's a chance that Batman will appear in it at some point uh but I think that it would actually be better if he doesn't it the progression as basically just sort of a a loser that uh just kind of takes joy and making other people laugh as a clown. Like, you see him making faces at kids to make them chuckle and sort of just being uh, generally nice to people throughout the previews. I don't see him actually do anything, like, evil or violent or... No, no. ...throughout. And it's just sort of him kind of deteriorating into sort of a... uh, uh, sort of madness that you would expect from the Joker. And so it's, I don't think, I think it's good if this just remains a standalone film and it's not incorporated into anything else. Especially with 
with all the turmoil in the DC like movie franchises right now, like Ben Affleck's leaving, uh, so like Justice League isn't a thing. That there's a new Suicide Squad, I guess. So they, they, I don't think they have like a, they don't really have anything to anchor it to at this point. Yeah, the DC uh, EU is sort of in shambles. The Aquaman did surprisingly well, but I think the only for sure thing they have there is Wonder Woman at the moment. Because yeah. I think that Henry Cavill is also walking away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Henry Cavill's gone, too. Yeah, that I haven't seen... A, I haven't seen any of the movies in the... DC Cinematic Universe, except for um, Wonder Woman. I tried to watch uh, Suicide Squad, and it was so god awful that I kind of stopped halfway through. Uh, like I, <laughs> I agree, it was so bad. But now there's another one coming out, and I'm pretty sure John Cena's in it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he's in like some uh, some upcoming comedy about. Like those fire jumpers that go into forest fires and try and put them out and save people. I heard the first part of that and then the second part of that, and I'm not sure that they were the same sentence. There's an upcoming comedy about fire yes. jumpers. Uh huh. It's uh, it's about how they go into a fire and find these three kids that were stuck in like a cabin or something. And okay. so until they can find the legal guardians for them, the firefighters have to uh, take care of them at the firehouse. Oh, okay. So it's not like a comedy about fire jumping. They just happen to be fire jumpers. Yes. Okay. That makes more sense. Because <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a real hard topic to convert into a comedy. Ha ha ha! Ted, did you see Ted? He lost his legs because his house <laughs> fell on him. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's the approach they were planning on taking. Um, Keegan Michael Key's gonna be in it. Honestly, I'm not that big a fan. I never Key and Peele just. I don't know. I just wasn't. I don't like sketch comedy though, and I don't. I know him very little from other other things. He's in like Parks and Rec, where he did. I liked him a lot. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to retract all that. I don't know. I'm going to go with the firm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to walk yeah. everything I said back. But yeah, so going back to Joker again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about this is that, it, like, one, it just, it seems like it's going to be a very good movie. Um, yeah, I was kind of going to say that earlier. It, so, like, even if it wasn't, a joker origin story if they would have just renamed it like the comic or like the clown or something the way these trailers are put together and like the story it is teasing or yeah the story it's teasing it just looks good it looks like a it looks really well done and compelling so yeah that's exactly what I, you took the word right out of my mouth compelling yeah it's not gonna have to lean on that crutch of being the the joker origin story and that's sort of what you want, is you want the source material, whenever it's a comic book, to be sort of like a second, like it's it's not the core aspect of it. It's sort of more of a second nature's thing, where it's, that's where you get the, 
the characters and so you don't have to try and flush them out because they've already been flushed out and you know what you're doing with them and so now you just need to make a compelling story for those characters right right and it looks like i mean so yeah i I pretty much got the same thing uh you did he's a clown by day and he's a comic I guess in the nighttime or I don't know, you know, he's like a, he's like yeah, most stand-up, stand-up comics. comedian. He's got, a, he's got a job, another job. Um, one thing that I did kind of want to talk about is, uh, there's a, there's a clip in one of the trailers of, uh, Robert De Niro's character, like showing a clip of him doing a joke. And it's a, it's the joke that's like, I wanted to be a comic when I was, I told people I wanted to be a comic when I was little and everyone laughed at me and no one's laughing now. <laughs> And then oh, yeah. Robert the De Niro's joke. like, yeah, you could have said that again or whatever. Like, yeah, he's got that right. But you got that right, yeah. What what kind of bullshit is that? Are you telling me that this like late night host is taking time out of his show to just rip on one random stand up comedian? Uh, I mean, he's clearly not a big name. It, it's like it's like they just filmed that at like some comedy club. And De Niro's character was like, oh yeah, let's torch this guy. I, my guess is that it was like it was probably the set that must have gone viral for being for just completely bombing, uh, or maybe it uh, was okay. That would make sense. Or, or, it or maybe be... it was like a clip of the guy before he actually came onto the show because I believe he had gone on the show before uh, he was okay. Joker. Yeah, that would make th- those would make sense. Or it could even be like. I guess they wouldn't know who the Joker was, but it, it could be his attempt to like kind of shut him down a little bit and be like, "This is the guy that has all this, you know, weird riotous acclaim." Yeah. And like he, okay, so now that I think about it, this I think those scenarios would kind of make sense, but that just stuck out there. It struck me in the trailer of him just being like, "Yeah, fuck this random guy for no reason." I think we should also take a second to talk about the. Uh... The sort of reaction that's been taking place. I'm not sure if you noticed any of this uh, when you were prepping for the for the show for the recording, but there's been a lot of people coming out like angry about this movie coming out, saying that it. Uh, I'm not sure if there there's complaints that like it stigmatizes mental health or that it glorifies mental health. Uh, there's people coming out. Uh, concerned about what will happen uh the night of the premiere because of what happened the uh in aurora about a decade ago when the dark knight rises came out and honestly i read these youtube comments i could maybe be lumped into that group uh but continue it's one of those things where the there's definitely reason to be concerned about it but also, it seems, it strangely, the way some of them have been phrased, at least some of the headlines, seem like people will be disappointed if something violent doesn't happen, and it's really what messed up. Yeah, no, like, there was one, I think it was from Variety Magazine, when the movie premiered last weekend, I believe, uh, they said something about like amid controversy a surprisingly quiet premiere for the joker movie and it's like 
That's a really. That yeah, sounds like a very disappointing way of saying no, a normal premiere happened and nothing bad or violent took place. Like it's it's really kind of disturbing, and I think it was because like there was some sort of connection to like uh, incels because the guy's sort of a loser and lives at home. It's assumed that he's an involuntary celibate. And people are sort of making connections between him and one, because uh, like one of the, one or two of the recent mass shooters was an incel, and what, had what sort is, of like uh, this is a gap in my knowledge. I don't know what that means. Uh, incel, involuntary celibate. It's an adult person, and it's usually a male that can't convince someone to have sex with them. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, it means it means what it says it means. I didn't know this was like a, a, a term or like a, a group of people that people associated themselves with. I didn't know that that had... I didn't either until it entered like the, the sort of political lexicon. Like, I think it was like a year ago or something, maybe around the time of the Parkland thing. Uh, but one of, there was some mass shooter like a year ago where he was referred to as an incel and was sort of like went off about it and had a manifesto where he mentioned that sort of stuff. And so since then, and in combination with the Internet's use of meme magic to elect Donald Trump... <laughs> I think there's been sort of a, an association, an attempt to sort of associate all, basically the basement dweller type uh, being connected to being an incel and being connected to being a, like a mass shooter type of thing. Uh, yeah, some kind of like domestic terrorist type deal. Okay, well. Yeah. It sort of seems like fear mongering, but also like... Uh, if there's anyone I would expect to be a, a mass shooter, it's probably going to be an involuntary celibate. <laughs> I mean, I think we might want to take a turn off this one, but, uh, so, shit, where's this comment? I was going to, I wanted to read one for you. Um, uh, no, I'm not going to find it. Okay, so, it was essentially along the lines of, like, Somebody who's just treated like shit all day, even though all they're trying to do is make people smile. You could see how someone like that would crack. Huh. Huh. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing? Yeah, like, or I don't know. It was like someone just like hinting. Like they should maybe be on a watch list. I, I, I don't know. Um, but okay, so there are some things that I, I do, I do want to say that uh, to what you brought up. Um, so I guess like the, the conversation around like either stigmatizing or glorifying mental health, I think that's a bullshit kind of conversation to have of a movie like this, because I mean, like, I completely agree. I get, I get the, the arguments on both sides. I totally get it. But we're talking about a Joker origin story. Like if this was so like, if, I mean, if, in the scenario I gave earlier, if this was just a movie called like The Clown or whatever, that would be a much more valid, uh, valid, either either argument would be much more valid there. Like it'd be a valid place for that argument. It would be an avenue to have that discussion. But when you have a character literally defined by insanity through decades of comics, movies, whatever, 
it's it's just stupid. That's just people looking to be mad about something. Like it's part of the character. It's it's in the story. It's necessary. Yeah, and just building off of that, one the idea that it's glorifying mental like mental illness that doesn't make any sense because there's been people who have been criminally insane as the villains of action movies or comic book movies or whatever for literally decades since right. the genre was invented it's been the case and if you're people are concerned about it being stigmatized i i think that that's even more disrespectful because then that's grouping in any sort of mental health concern like depression or anxiety or what other mental health conditions there are assuming that that's being lumped in with violent uh dis disconnected schizophrenia or whatever the fuck the joker seems to come down with and assumes that like yeah no i realize that you're only depressed but if there's anything i learned from this movie it's that all people with mental health conditions are terrible human beings just one bad day away from murdering everyone around them <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think that's fair um also i mean i guess to talk a little bit about the character we see so we'll go back to the movie a bit here um he seems kind of i don't know so in a lot of scenes, like he's got some weird, his like body's contorted, all weird. In another scene, you see his his like drawing book, and the writing literally looks like it was done by a child. Um, so I don't know, dude. I think he he's maybe a little like repressed as far as his his intellect goes, uh, especially because he's got his what seems like his mother, who's like he's like essentially hospice carrying his mother. Mm-hmm. So do you think this this character is going to be? I mean, it's it's. I I don't know anything about Arthur Fleck in in the comics or anything like that. Um, I I do believe, but pretty high certainty that he existed in in the comic like arcs somewhere. Um, but you I mean, know that would have been a good idea for me to research prior to this recording. <laughs> but yet here we are. Well, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> we'll never do research, and that's your one hundred percent guarantee. But I don't. So is there something maybe like some kind of like I I am not a psychologist. I don't know the term for it. He seems like he he's a bit. The best way I can do it is like intellectually repressed, and I don't mean that to be the same as like mentally challenged. If do you understand the I, distinction I, there? I understand what you're trying to think. I I think it's more of like a social underdevelopment kind of thing. He's, yeah. Okay. He seems to, to he to seems it. to be still overly reliant on his mother and the relationship he has with her. Whereas the, uh, like he, he just sort of wants to make the, just want to, wants to make other people laugh and doesn't really seem to know how to actually interact with people. Granted, this is just based upon the trailer, but doesn't right. seem to be able to interact with the average person on the street or the average stranger. I think he, he sort of, never really was able to develop the social skills necessary. And so that that's what? probably one of the reasons why he's sort of there. And it could be, could be something where like he was uh, sheltered or like abused as a child or something like a uh, Munchausen syndrome or that sort of thing. Yeah. Isn't that's where like you're, your parent tells you there's something wrong with you all the time, right? And like they're they're your only isn't it kinda like that? 
Yeah, they basically kind of poison you and to or like, like make you better and then yeah. They yeah, it's sort of they need you to be dependent on them and so they make you sick uh with every on a regular basis. Yeah, okay. Um but to what you were saying about like the the like he he can't connect uh with people well that i think that kind of makes sense you see that a little bit in the trailer and this might be the most we've ever like actually analyzed the trailer but he seems to very easily connect to the kid um that he's making faces to and then not so much to like any adults um because from what we see in the trailer most adults he talks to he's just laughing at and then they beat him up (laughs) he seems to get beat up a lot Yes, which honestly raises the question of when, because also it seemed like, and I could be wrong, it seemed like at one point he sort of takes on sort of more of a V for Vendetta type of character, because I believe there's a scene where there's a crowd of people wearing Joker masks, and he takes off his mask and throws it in the garbage. Yeah, to like slip away. So it looks like he starts some kind of like like anarchist movement. And that would... Yeah, that would make sense for why he would be brought on to that uh, late night show. That's a, I think that's a pretty solid prediction. Um, so yeah, real quick here, we got a few minutes left uh, for trying to make our time time budget, which if we go over whatever. Um, one, this movie looks like so DC started pretty dark with like Nolan's Batman trilogy. And then they've slowly worked their way out of that to like a more vibrant and like joking Suicide Squad Justice League. This movie looks like it was just a straight 180 on that. They were like, let's get dark again. Really? I I don't think that they, I mean, they've got, they got more jokey than the Christopher Nolan movies. But then again, Christopher Nolan is probably the greatest living director. And so he's... Uh, I saying that you don't you're not as serious as a Christopher Nolan movie doesn't seem like it's exactly much of a shot. But well, I, I just as, felt like to keep up with Marvel that had like a less serious tone. I mean, up until like the last two movies, Infinity War and Endgame, kind of got a little serious, but they had a less serious well, tone th- and were doing really well. It looked like DC I, was trying to copy that. Sorry, <laughs> go for it. So I think that I think that they were and that was actually their problem is that they weren't embracing sort of the darker uh perspective because that's something that I think they do much better at as opposed to the uh Marvel is definitely more of a jokey kind of lighter side uh cinematic universe and i think if they would would have actually stayed more serious like obviously you can have the occasional joke and some uh funny moments but overall i think that batman and wonder woman and superman and aquaman they're they're darker characters in general especially batman and so you would think that you would want to take advantage of that. I mean, even just the concept of Suicide Squad is dark as hell. Yeah, that's true. So, that is true. So I that's sort of kind of the reason why the, I think it's sort of floundered so much. And granted, Shazam is isn't quite isn't as dark, and that's that's why it took a lighter approach with that movie because it's Billy Batson, some like eleven year old kid or whatever, however old he is, going yeah, he's like a- and child who becomes a 
like the strongest man on earth. Basically becomes Superman whenever he says Shazam. Yeah. Fun fact, he was actually originally titled Captain Marvel, and they had to change his name to Shazam, which was originally the word he had to say to become the superhero, and they just made that his name because Marvel sued them for making one of their superhero for DC making one of their superheroes Captain Marvel. I think I had heard that before somewhere. And then so did they just make Captain Marvel afterwards to like spite DC? Yes. Uh I'm not sure if it was despite DC, but they did make that Captain Marvel afterwards. Well, they also they made Deadpool as a parody of uh, Deathstroke, or, or yeah, yeah, or Deathstroke, because it's yeah. Slade Wilson is Deathstroke, Wade Wilson, yeah. is Deadpool, and they got the same like swords and gunnery action happening. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the actual character design, it's very similar to. Granted, Deadpool took on a life of its own because it was very much jokey and breaking the fourth wall and all that. Yeah, and then Slade, the, or Deathstroke, he's like the orange and black one, right? Yep. He's like an Arrow he, season one, bad guy the Teen Titans as a kid. Uh, Arrow season two, thank oh, you very season, much. I'm sorry, I haven't watched Arrow in forever. I haven't either, but that was that season was awesome. I, I lost interest in it because it no longer had the unique aspect of having a superhero that was just absolutely murdering all of his enemies. <laughs> Yeah, like really just... cool, really cool, unique thing that really gets you hooked on the first season. And then he's like, "I guess I got to be a good guy," because they were calling him like the hooded vigilante or like the green, ma- like the green man. I don't know. What it... I think they call him the green hood. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> also, completely off topic. There's this uh, DC deck building game that's like uh, Infinite Earths and st- uh, sort of thing. Really fun. Definitely worth looking into. Uh, I might do it. Is it like a physical card game on the computer? What's Yeah. It's a, a physical card game, but I'm sure that they have a computer version as well. I think most things probably do. Um, I don't even remember where we were on Joker. <laughs> uh, I don't really either. I, I think we've pretty much given it as thorough of an analysis as we've given anything. Strangely enough, the two movies we've given the most in-depth analysis have both been about murderous clowns. <laughs> what does that say about us? We're com- really, what's that say? <laughs> uh, let's just ignore the red balloons I have in my room <laughs> right now. Um. Alright, so the the last thing I will say about the movie is... We, we were talking about how you laughed a lot, and you like kind of did the laugh earlier. What the fuck is the new laugh? Is that his like just his clown laugh? That's not his real Joker laugh because it's it's something all of its own. Like it doesn't seem sincere. It's I disagree. I think it sounds a lot like the uh, the Mark Hamill laugh oh, no, 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 from okay. the series. I think it sounds a lot. I agree, but. In the setting of this movie, like watching it come out of Joaquin Phoenix's mouth, it was just, it totally like took me out of the headspace of like believing in anything. You you thought it was like out of place? Yeah, it just seemed like it was totally left field, you know, just a weird laugh in a very like kind of serious, more like, I get they were maybe going for the parallel to to the Mark Hamill Joker, which 
you know, we don't need to go into that. Everyone knows. Um, but I just, it seemed out of place. I disagree. I think that it's a lot like how in Batman Begins, I'm not sure if you noticed, but Christian Bale sort of just uses his own regular voice at the start and just slowly develops his voice as Batman throughout the movie and doesn't, and then finally at the end has the very like down deep, like, where's Rachel type of yeah. Batman voice. And that's, I think it's sort of taking that approach where he doesn't start out with the uh, maniacal Joker laugh and it builds itself throughout the film. And I think that was an intermediate step. Okay. That I could, I mean, we'll have to see. I can get behind that, but it's just, I don't know. I, I, on one of my notes is just WTF is the laugh. So we'll see, see I I took I took the completely opposite approach. I really like that they're trying to incorporate Joaquin Phoenix breaking out the uh, a signature Joker laugh. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, we got a little bit of time, maybe. <laughs> so a lot of people have been speculating that like this, while being a Joker Joker origin film, uh, we talked about this earlier. Uh, Bruce Wayne might show up like as a kid. Because apparently in one of the trailers, like, when he's walking by a theater, you see, like, a wealthy couple with a kid out, and it might be the same kid that he, like, puts a smile on later or earlier in one of the other trailers. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've, you've seen or you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, but that, that like, Joaquin Phoenix is, is, is what, like, 40, 45? Yeah. He looks fairly old in this. So, like, I get this is definitely meant to be a standalone film, but it still has implications within, you know, even its own universe. So, if Batman's a kid then, and this is a problem I've seen people having, is, like, is it the Joker, is this Joker really the Joker, or is the Joker more of, like, a uh, like a title? It's kind of like a James Bond-type deal. Because Batman yeah, I grows can, up I to can be, see that. you know, 25, 30, fighting crime as Batman, Joker's 60. Yes, I, I understand that. That's that's a fair criticism. But also, if the, the part about him building, developing a movement takes place, I think that it makes a fair bit of sense that someone would like step up and, and take, take over the, the role from him. Yeah, kind of like Gotham did the same type thing. Which is yeah, but I didn't really like how they did it with Gotham. Yeah, they like made the guy the Joker the whole time. Even gave him like the face stapling his face back on arc and then was just like oh no he's dead and uh it's, it turns out this is twin brother yeah well that was actually a shame because i really liked i mean i i thought that the kid did a really good job oh yeah i of thought him, it was, did great but i i thought that the twin thing was the was the only problem i thought that they should have just made the original guy the uh they should have just made it so that he he escaped whatever the situation was. I don't remember how he ended up dying at some point, but the uh, there's like, a spoiler for Gotham. No one was expecting. Was uh, he just like getting neck stabbed by like the penguin or not the penguin, but somebody just like stabs him in the throat? I honestly haven't know, seen that's it. That's before that was he like, comes back, though. Mm, that was like season two. I was, I believe. Yeah. Was That's when he early. got killed for certain. That was like the. I think that season they advertised as like the rise of the villains because that's when the Riddler uh, kind of makes his name. That's when uh, 
the Joker sort of appears. It's just uh, a lot of different... That was one of those things where the interesting part of it was seeing how they incorporated these different characters into an origin story uh, as sort of like a crime drama. Yeah, which I thought they did fairly well. Like, I, I yes. really did like most of Gotham, except for the idea of, like, 8-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old Bruce Wayne running around fighting crime for no reason. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. The, I do, did you see that there's, um, on some weird streaming channel, I think it's like Epics, there's a Pennyworth show where it's Alfred Pennyworth doing jobs for Thomas Wayne. Wait, it's like set in the Gotham universe or totally like a different... Uh, completely different. It's like just the Batman universe. And so they, uh, they ended up just, they are focusing on why Alfred is such a useful character and shows him as basically a badass doing, uh, as sort of the secret agent that works for Thomas Wayne. Yeah, okay. That, which he pretty much, I mean, in Gotham, he's definitely portrayed as like that. I mean... Michael Caine is a badass in his own right, but that was like a much older Alfred, obviously. Yes. Um, but anyway, so yeah, this is this, this has been all things Batman, uh, with tangents into creepy clown movies and not not I think we, other creepy clown movies. We we brought up uh, one missed call in this movie in this episode. Not something that people were probably expecting. Yeah, this one's been all over. That's going to be fun to edit. <laughs> There's a five-minute pee break in there somewhere. Oh, but, uh, okay, so actually, hold on. We, we, we got to do this. Abominable. What's the, what's the rating? Uh, I'd say that it's because it's greater on a curve as a kid's movie. I'm going to say it barely makes it in over the hump uh, at the 2.5 ready for the red carpet. All right, I think that's, that's fair. It looked like a decent film. Um, yep. And then we'll see about Joker. I mean, hopefully, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I know I said I this is anything about it, so probably won't make it to the theaters to see this one. Don't expect too much of me, but who? Well, you'll be here. Maybe we can go to the movie next weekend. Maybe we can. <laughs> Might even record an episode live together. Can you imagine? Oh my God, we should we should do that. That that wouldn't be bad at all. Um, but that is something we can do behind the scenes. That is, we'll take that offline. Uh, so, uh, I yes. guess that means, uh, until next time? Well, we got, we got the whole thing first. <laughs> He's like the, thanks for listening to, uh, Red Carpet to Trailer Trash. Ian Collins is the guy who sees the movies and gives some good reviews. I'm the guy who watches the trailer and points out how weird the Joker's laugh is and how he, he looks like he's playing Patch Adams at one point, which I didn't talk about, but he looks like he's playing Patch Adams at one point. So until next time. Until next time? Until next time?